night, I got a call at two o'clock in the morning or something. Like I, I was working with with Wellen because we had a video going out the next day until eleven p.m. or twelve or something, and then I went to bed. And two hours later, I got a I got a message from him. I woke up and I was like, okay. And it was just a simple thumbnail change. And I was like, it's like, oh, okay. And then I went back to bed. We figured that out. And the next day he posts it, and that's the one that got him twenty-seven million views or something like Holy that. Now. Holy cow. Something like that. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but it's like it's a ridiculous amount. And it's just like, OK, now I understand what like working with creators and actually paying attention to those small little details. Yeah. And cause, you know, from from a difference of, you yeah. know, like whereas someone else who's a marketing company might not be able to put that time in. Yeah. We like myself and people that work with us do put that time in and find the small things in. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today I've got a special guest. I've got Kings. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the pod. I appreciate it. No problem. So what we, uh, how we start things off is three random questions. And uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So you're going out to your favorite place to eat. What are you ordering? Mm, chicken fingers, probably. Nice, easy, simple, you know. No, nowhere can really screw up that bad. That's true. Now, are you getting sauce or doing like ketchup or just uh, barbecue sauce and uh, fries nice. as the side? All right. Uh, best vacation you ever went on? Uh, I'm not sure the best one, but I'm going to say the most recent one was very nice where I went to uh, Cape Cod with Don Tony. Oh, uh, oh you, you joined him down there. Yeah. Yep. Nice. All right. Awesome. And the best thing about where you live? Uh, scenery, probably. Like, yeah. uh, it's very picturesque, I guess. You know, a lot of nature. Nice. All right. So how we ended up getting here is I had Aqua on, I had D'Antoni on, and they, you know, they said a lot of nice things about you and, and suggested that, you know, probably you have some good stories to share. Yeah, I don't think that many people probably know what I do what I do or anything because yep. I'm behind the scenes. Um, I don't mind coming on here talking uh, about it. And so it's a lot of fun for me to kind of be in the limelight, but at yep. the same time, I don't like to be in the limelight as well. <laughs> so uh, it's an interesting spot here, but uh, for those that do know me, yeah, I mean, I do podcasts and stuff with the guys and I've been on, you know, with the guys for a lot of content creation. So. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So where are you from? Uh, I'm from Vermont, the uh, northwest uh, or northeast uh, United States, I guess. Yeah. Nice. And now, before you jumped into the Creators Club, what you know? What did you do? What is your background? Uh, I went to school for medical, uh, and before that, I guess I was trying to be an athlete. I played a little semi-pro soccer uh, at very, very low level, like very, very low level intro, and then I broke my finger, and I was a goalie, so that's not very good. Um, and then, yeah, I went to college for medical. Uh, I went like EMT training. Yeah. Uh, I was going to be a doctor in physical therapy. Uh, after a little while of that, I left school uh, with a medical problem and then never went back. Oh, uh, instead of doing lots of little other things, um, I could go back and finish my degree, but I feel like I don't want to. There's no need to now that I started this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I got three years done of a degree and then decided not to do it anymore. And then started doing a lot of stuff with like esports you know when that first started coming in 2010 2011 league of legends yeah uh i worked with some of my friends uh and i did like youtube like really poor let's plays and luckily they their their channels took off and actually one of them christopher odd who i kind of worked with uh then is now like you know that's his full-time gig He's yeah very very successful on streaming and, and youtube um okay and then from there, I did more esports stuff. And don't ever get into esports if anyone's <laughs> wondering. It is the worst, uh, especially at that time. But yeah. uh, if you don't have the money, don't get in esports because they, you know. And anyways, from there, I decided to do instead of doing esports, wasn't working out. I decided to actually start helping the creator side of it, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where I went from. You know, that's All how right. Chris kind of started. Awesome. And now. Do you did you have or do you have any interest in gaming as well, like playing or really? I mean, I I, I play sometimes. I don't play as much as I used to. I used yeah. to do like a little let's plays, you know, here and there with my friends, and yeah. we used to do that back in two thousand nine, twelve, two thousand twelve, maybe. Yeah. And then after that, I played a lot of Rust, 
and that's kind of how I started with Aqua in a lot of ways. We yeah. played together, and I helped him here and there. And one of the ideas I had was for a trap base, and that video went viral. So then from there, we just continued playing together, yeah. and more and more happened. So, I mean, yeah. I used to game a lot, but I yeah. guess now it's kind of dialed back. And do you ever dabble back into playing any games, or...? Oh yeah, I mean, I still play. I mean, I when Diablo Four launched recently, I played for one night. I, yeah. I, I paid for the extra thirty dollars, <laughs> played for one night, and then just said, "I'll wait till the servers are a little bit better before I actually get into it." Yeah. Uh, I used to be a huge Tarkov fan. I mean, I'm I'm still am a Tarkov fan. But yeah. I, mean, I used to, I was probably the one of two thousand first players or something. Oh, wow. Cause I, I I got in right when they released it to like pay for alpha or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, I wasn't one of the Kickstarter backers or whatever they had then, but I was like the first one of the first people to buy it when they first could get it out. Oh, okay. Alpha. So I played that back in 2017, I think, fall or winter of 2017, and that's where I kind of played. And I used to stream that game, and I loved it because I used to play uh, what I called Whack a Mole, and I used to just run factory with a hatchet. And back <laughs> in those days, hatchets were OP. Like I mean. It was like a one hit to the head, even if you had a helmet. And that yeah. is when, you know, uh, that was a lot of fun for me. But um, uh, yeah. okay. Tarkov recently has not been my go-to. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you if you dipped your your toes into the streaming. So you answered that question. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I streamed off and on. Yeah. Especially when I first started early working with Aqua uh, and a couple other creators. It was just like, just for fun. They streaming as well, so I streamed or whatever yeah. at the same time. Um, but I never like seriously streamed. Okay. Cool. And now, when did you start the, the Creators Club? Uh, well, I started working with Aqua specifically 2016 and then I, I think something like that. And then I worked with um, Wellen and a few other people. And then I started taking it more seriously. And I think in 2017 is when I started the actual business proper. Okay. And now what made you, you know, start, you know, what was your inspiration to starting that? Uh, well, I mean, I was helping Aqua anyways, and it was doing really well. And then he kind of just said, well, why not just make it a full business rather than, you know, me just helping him on the side. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where it started. And yeah, after a long, long bit of hard work, it grew up to what it is now. All right. And now what would you describe Creators Club is now? What is the, you know, what are the things you provide? I mean, it's, it's, uh, we we don't like to do what the industry standard is, I guess, because the industry standard, I think, is a little bit more. Um, we're we're a management agency, full mark or f full package, where we can do anything that the creator wants, and we only do what the creator wants, type of deal. Yeah. Whereas other management agencies, I think, are not all of them, but some of them are more like marketing agencies that don't actually help the creators as much. They just take a cut and throw them yeah. a couple deals here and there. Uh, where we at we you know we go to creators the creator says we want to do this or i want to do this or whatever and i say yeah let's do it i'll okay. figure out a way to do it and one of the first things we did was we ran aqua's uh we we did a deal with a a server company for rust server for aqua and he wasn't happy with what was going on and then the payment was getting delayed so i just said well you know creators club could just run that for you we could just do the whole server and luckily, one of my, the co-owner of Careers Club also is a coder. He was able oh, okay. to build the server overnight and, like, actually put in plugins that worked and wasn't, like, a complete headache. Yeah. Um, so we built that, and we did game servers for him. And then Aqua wanted to do merchandise, and I did that really easily. And just, like, anything that careers want. And now yeah. that we've kind of flushed it out with a small amount of careers, we've opened it up to more people. And now it's pretty much whatever they feel like is good. Mm -hmm. You know, we try, we try, you know, if it makes sense to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, was there a certain moment where you, you, you know, that happened that you thought, hey, yeah, I could take this as a full time gig, or was it just, you know, th you know, things are sort of all, you know, came together? Uh, yeah, I don't know if there was like a, a time where I thought I was like, this could be a full time gig, or like, I knew that it could be a full time gig, and I put a lot of time in because I, you know, even when you're making, you know, maybe a thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month, yeah, but you start seeing it steadily increase. Um, you're like, okay, I could do this more and more and more. And then being able to negotiate bigger and bigger offers. And then the big thing probably was when I was talking to Wellen before he quit his job, he was still doing YouTube part-time mm -hmm. and it was kind of a case of both Aqua and I were, you know, Aqua and I were playing with him a little bit and also were just like, you should try to go 
you know, full time with this. You're doing well. I think he was getting like 20,000 views a video. And this was back in 2017, which is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I think that's when it was 2018. And then it was just like, yeah, sure. And then we, he signed with us and we worked with him. And then one, one night I got a call at two o'clock in the morning or something. Like I, I was working with, with Wellen cause we had a video going out the next day until 11 PM or 12 or something. And then I went to bed and two hours later, I got a, I got a message from him. I woke up and I was like, okay. And it was just a simple thumbnail change. And I was like, oh my God, like I was working 70 hours or something a week during that time. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I went back to bed. We figured that out. And the next day he posts it. And that's the one that got him 27 million views or something like Holy that. Holy cow. Something like that. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but it's like, it's a ridiculous amount. And it's just like, okay, now I understand what like, working with creators and actually paying attention to those small little details yeah. can cause, you know, from, from a difference of, you yeah. know, like, whereas someone else who's a marketing company might not be able to put that time in. Yeah. We, like myself and people that work with us, do put that time in and find the small things. And it's okay. rewarding. And that's probably when I would say I was like, oh, maybe I am decent at this and can make this for more people, you know, yeah. not just a couple. Oh, okay. Um, so now if we just you know if dive into what that back and forth with well and so are you helping him from the creative side of things making thumbnails and edits and things like that yeah uh, okay. i mean we do everything yeah uh, that's the thing is, is we're a full and that's what i mean when i say we're like full management is we don't ever tell creators what to do or not to do yeah. what happens is they come to us and ask us hey i have an idea for this what do you think the direction is? Or maybe some of them are struggling and they're like, I don't understand what's going on. Can you like look through my videos yeah. and tell me what's this, what's that? You know, how, how do I get this or, or this better? And then it's just a case of, yeah, like, okay. I mean, we, we try to analyze it and give them options. And yeah. then I give them my personal opinion on what, what would happen if they choose this or this A or B. And this is what I think will happen here. Yeah. This is what I think will happen here. And then, yeah. And then they, they make their own choice and, and go on and and hopefully most of them you know it's better with us than without us type yeah. of deal. so you, so it's you guys do much more than just you know here we got a brand for you to you know to pitch or something like that you do like like you just said the full services of everything that encompasses being a, a creator yes yes exactly we don't we don't just do like oh you know a lot of a lot of companies do that they're like okay we're marketing or we're management but actually they're just we got an email from this person and offering you this right, and then they yeah. might negotiate it for you and they might be like super happy with here or, or this or that and that's yeah. that's that's great for some people but other people like someone to actually bounce ideas off from or like if they get into a struggle situation where they don't know what to do next mm -hmm. they just want someone that's been there before knows a little bit what's going on and then just to bounce ideas off from yeah. i mean that's realistically what most creators only need if they mm -hmm. need someone to help them with some stuff that they don't want to do, like emails, yeah. negotiate contracts, get into meetings and stuff like that. And then also they like someone to just be able to talk to and be like a realistic approach too, not just, oh, yeah, slap a new th thumbnail and call it good. You actually need to talk it over because it's not just like it's not always just numbers. Yeah. And it's not always just by what you're feeling. And I think that having two sides of that, like we look at a lot of analytics where mm -hmm. they might have just a feeling. And then working it out together makes, you know, a better channel or a better brand or whatever you're working on for yeah. that period. Yeah, because any, you know, if a creator comes in and he takes off, he may, he does not have that business sense or that, you know, sort of yeah. a trusted resource or a trusted, you know, somebody that they can, like you said, collaborate and bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of like, there's a lot of like horrible cases where you, you hear like horror stories of someone getting screwed out of something because they trusted someone. Then there's also the good ones where you just hear people, you know, and, and, you know, like maybe they get with a management agency that really balloons them, you know. Right. Um, and for us, it's not about as much money wise. It's more of what does the creator want? Like mm -hmm. a lot of creators come to us and it's not a case of, oh, I want to make, you know, double my money. It's mm -hmm. a case of, hey, I've got a decent thing going and I don't want to have to work 50 hours like I am right now. Right. Can you cut? Can you like help me cut down to 20 hours a week? And that's what we do with a lot of people. You know, it's, it's, it's a case of maybe they don't want to do YouTube anymore or maybe they only want to edit half of the time. Yeah. And we actually did a really good job at like we we were one of the people, first people, I think, or first companies that really helped with a second channel. Mm -hmm. That was when when Twitch was really exploding. Right. 
2018, 2019, and then obviously COVID, it really ballooned. And then, um, yeah, we were just like, why not, with Aqua specifically and a couple others, why not just have a second channel that we take all of your stream footage, actually edit it into something that's like concise and highlights, yeah. and then put it out there. Ah. And uh, that was something that we did too, because, I mean, other people did it. It's not like cause the, we were the first, but right. we were probably one of the first agencies that were like, let's do it for you so you don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, because I think that was a lot of things. People wanted to do second channels, but then they edited it themselves. So you're still spending the time doing it yourself. Yep. And we were just like, why don't we just, like, I edited, mo also Aqua, I edited most of the first, you know, first three months or six months because we couldn't really afford to really spend a lot of money. Yeah. So, like, us and a couple friends, you know, we took a little, you know, few hundred dollars here and there, and then we just edited it up together and then uh, really took off the channel, luckily. Nice. And how did, so starting with Aqua, how did you and Aqua originally connect? I don't really remember. I think I was in his first ever Twitch stream. And I watched him a lot on YouTube a little bit before that. Yeah. Probably like, you know, nothing crazy, but I think I was there around maybe 5,000 subs or 10,000 subs. And I just watched it. It was like, okay, cool. Like genuine guy, nice guy. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's really what I like to work with, just nice people that deserve more. Right. He didn't know how Twitch worked, and I I was streaming on Twitch back in 2010, I think, when it was oh, just wow. barely, when it was Justin TV. So I was like, oh, I'll help you out with this, and I kind of like helped him, and he moderated me immediately because he's like, oh, this guy knows how to, you know. And I was like, okay. So me and Toothy and a few other people that you oh, know, shoot. Aqua's OGs were yeah. like the mods, and then eventually we kind of like Discord, uh, you know, got all to get together in Discord and kept continuing to like play together and help each other out yeah uh, and, and then yeah it just grew from there where it was like a genuine friendship connection that was just like oh you also could help me with not just twitch moderating but right. then this and then this and then this and it, it helped that i had a lot of experience because i was you know dabbling personally as well as my friends and mm -hmm. you know back in 2010 2011 2012 when when really twitch just was just getting started right like that was that was yeah. the infancy of it swapping over from Justin TV to Twitch. Oh, okay. Very cool. And now, who are some of the creators you that are part of the Creators Club? Uh, well, right now, we have, like, an official list that uh, you can go on. But, like, you know, a lot of them are Escape from Tarkov people because yeah. we start with Aqua. Uh, well, and we work with uh, sometimes. And then uh, Zchum is someone that I really enjoyed the content of, and we all kind of were around Zchum. He did a lot of Tarkov content that mm -hmm. wasn't getting appreciated. And uh, he was one that I was like, I need to help. I, I want to be there to help you, you know, balloon or, or like be there to help you with all your questions because I know you're going to make it. And that's kind of what we try to do. Yeah. Uh, Omid's another one. Omid Live is one that I, I used to just play with him back when he was, I don't know, like we were really young. I don't remember when I started playing, but like PUBG, Rust, all these games, uh, we were just like young kids kind of. And <laughs> We were just playing games together, and then oh, he just kept grinding streaming to, like, 5, 10, 15 people for yep. maybe 5, 6 years. And then eventually, when he got older and wanted to take it a little bit more seriously, uh, you, know, I, you know, I was already working with Aqua at the time, and I said, look, you have a blanket offer. I will help you with whatever. Uh, just let me know. So I, Omid's one that I got. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's, I mean, I could list them all off, but. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. And now do the creators come to you or do you reach out and find the creators that you like, you sort of like, oh yeah, that guy is, you know, sort of a, a diamond in the, in the rough type thing. Uh, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's a little bit of both in the fact that I generally know the people that I think deserve more, mm -hmm. I guess, is the ones that I usually like, you know, maybe we just talked friendly and then I'm like, look, if you do need help type of deal, like, just let me know. At this point, that's kind of what it is. People come to me now. Yeah. At, at the beginning, it was sort of a friend group, I guess, collective, I guess you want to say. It was a bunch of people that all kind of intermingled with different content. And then it was a case of, hey, if you do need help, let me know and I'll help you. And then we'll work out a contract as we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, in your opinion, at what point should a creator look to get that external help or, you know, look to, you know, somebody like you to, you know, help them help. out of, you know, get them to that next level or just free so them up? So every career is different. And that's the first thing I'm going to say. Every career is different. There are some creators out there that might just be like, look, I want to do it all myself. And that's perfectly fine. You do it all yourself. I do always suggest that you have someone, even if it's like your mom or your girlfriend, just to bounce like some 
basic idea. Like, am I crazy for thinking this? Someone that w- that that kind of knows the space and kind of knows you. Uh, but other than that, like, if you're looking at like actually professional help, um, I think it's like after you really can make it full time, that's probably when you want to do it. You don't want to do it realistically unless you have a really good deal mm-hmm. with someone that's like just willing to like grow with you. Like that's kind of how we started. We did grow with some people like Aqua grew with us. Mm-hmm. And, and also we signed some people that we worked with for a while that were very small, but we kind of grow with them. Um, but un- until you're at the point where you're actually like, I'm out of time and I have enough money. Yeah. Like that's usually when you're like, I want to give a little bit of percentage or money to someone to help me. And I'm at enough money that I'm not worried. I just have too much on my plate and need, you know, even if it's five hours a week, yeah. you save yourself five hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something that, you know, when Pest was on, he talked about it. He, if he had identified earlier or had made that decision of bringing on an editor would have freed up so much more time. And I hear that over and over with a lot yeah. of the creators. I, I, you know, that have come on. Honestly, like bringing on an editor is one of the probably hardest things people do. Because if you don't have the correct editor or the correct fit, if you don't have someone like us, like that's one of the things that Aqua and all these people that we work with, you know, with Trey, with, with Trey 24K, if you know him, mm-hmm. um, uh, Charborg, we did his second channel for him. We are the bad guy in a way, I guess. Like it's really hard for an editor and a, and a creator to work together to make a perfect, perfect video or perfect channel where they're both really happy. Mm-hmm. There is some really, really good, like Spoon Kid and his editor was an amazing fit. They just fit together. Their, their brains hit, hit together perfectly and they make really good content together. But a lot of times there is the, the, the problem of someone has to be fired or someone has to you know be the bad guy. And yeah. that's why someone like a management group like us that does a full service, we can be that bad guy and like, yeah. you know, You're figure out what's that, a good fit. Yeah. You're not having that creator firing his friend. You're... you're Right. sort of management essentially exactly right right it, and it, it is a case where a lot of times we take the bat you know the heat for it they're like yeah. oh i can't do that because my ma-. but really it's the creator that's just like <laughs> i don't want to do that or whatever yeah. it is but they're like ah my management thinks it's not good you know yeah exactly um, <laughs> but it, it's good to be the bad guy sometimes because it, it means that usually both sides are, are both happy you know mm-hmm. even if you have to split because of them maybe the editor takes on someone else or maybe the editor you know, is like, oh, I understand, like, from a management standpoint, rather than from a friend, friend, you know, yelling, yeah. you know. Yeah. You don't have to have hard feelings. It's just like, okay, it's business. I'll it's go. Exactly. It's business. Yeah. yeah. Now, a while back, I had uh, one peg on, and he said, you know, something that he, you know, he learned is he thinks, pe- you know, learning the value of what you, you know, knowing what your worth is, is so important. So you're not chasing these, you know, just, you know, these codes to get, you know, X amount off of, you know, use my code yeah. to get that. And is that something you help, you know, work with the creator to, you know, figure out what their value is? You know, don't go after these deals chasing, you know, X amount. You're worth this, you know, this is where you should fit in. Yeah, so that is a huge, a huge thing about independent creations versus actually joining, like, even a collective or, like, a group of people or joining, like, a big agency. You generally don't know the market as well as someone else that actually lives it day to day, right? So, like, yes, all these creators could probably do everything themselves if they're willing to spend 40 hours a week on just learning the market, mm-hmm. getting into meetings with these guys, seeing about how much the CPMs and RPMs and everything's going on right now, which ways the, you know, if you, are, are we talking about January numbers? Are we talking about February numbers? Are we talking about March numbers where each month is a completely upswing, downswing? And then, like, because I get, you know, emails from 15 different creators, like, incoming emails to creators what we do is we bounce to both of us yeah and then i can look through and i can be like this company is absolutely trying to screw this create it's just it's like a collective of things where if you don't know the value you get absolutely screwed now if you're talking about affiliate codes specifically because that's a different affiliate codes are generally not the best for people but for some people it is good and Mm -hmm. that's why every single career is different and and also you can't judge someone too much for taking maybe like a bad deal or like a percentage deal because if you're like sitting comfortably say i'm making enough money that i don't have to worry about paying for my house yeah i don't have to take a deal like that if someone's struggling and they're like look i need an extra hundred dollars 
you can't blame them for taking a, an affiliate code and, and you know make, making their money that way they can eat them that way yeah. so it's a case of i think that i think that if there's not a guaranteed amount of money a lot of them are predatory yeah but at the same time yeah if you need money i understand yeah and now how do you go about target like do you target brands will say hey i have these handful of creators or do you really match up brand for creator in on a sort of a you know need by need cases or a little bit of both so we do incoming emails which usually are like you know hey i you know i just want to fill a whatever spot i want this many views yeah then there's there's a lot of companies that come to us company to company they're like look we want to put a campaign together this is sort of the budget we have a couple creators that we like or they're like we just like extract from tarkov creators because they match up with whatever you know yeah and we're like yeah sure we have a lot of them what, what are you looking at and then we try to figure out not only budget for each creator and kind of how we're going to do it but also how they're going to structure uh the sponsorships themselves because no creator likes to take scummy sponsorships. They don't want to be forced, you know, oh, I have to read this this thing. And that's yeah. the funniest thing that I see is I see these giant creators that have to read from a script. And I'm like, that's the first thing I get rid of is I'm like, they don't have to read that script. Sure, there might be one line they have to read. Right. But the rest of it completely change into your own words. I want it authentic. And that's what the most brands want authentic too. It's just you need to actually talk to them let them understand that you know what you're dealing with, you know how to promote it, and yeah. then you know how to teach, like, or tell the creators how to change it into their own words. Because there always is a couple things that they have to say kind of word for word because mm -hmm. it's illegal. You know, like, if you say 20% off and plus free shipping, you can't say, like, a weird thing. You know, if you yeah. screw it up too much, <laughs> then, it, then it gets into a different situation. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, that's, so that's, the, that's the only thing that I would say is, like, it's not like people that are negotiating contracts it's it's not just the money like you have to negotiate out all these other things for these creators yeah uh, but i mean yeah okay and now you know what are some of the most common things you have you see that you know um that creators need to help most with or the most questions is it you know is it taxes because i gotta think that's a huge one for a lot of these people yeah i mean taxes sadly and we've we've tried to implement this a little bit and we might in the future as well um i've actually thought about it with some of our creators we don't take that much of a cut we actually take lower than the industry standard because i believe that like i'd rather the creators keep the money and then they can figure it out but for but for some people taxes is a huge issue for creators and that's why like i've looked into and might in the future just be like look we'll have a tax guy take care of all your taxes like, yeah like you know um because it's it's a thing that a lot of small creators don't realize is that you don't actually take home what you're being paid right right and that is a huge question that a lot of people come to me especially when they sign stuff they're like uh like what what do, what do i do at the end of the year and i'm like you better have 30 percent sitting there and you better pay quarterly is the other thing you should be paying quarterly i mean if you're an independent contractor if you don't have an llc if you don't have whatever yeah you should you should be paying quarterly because you're gonna get you know so taxes is a huge one. I think the other one that a lot of people um, don't know about is is really how to make money. Like other than the standard YouTube payment, yeah. other than Twitch payments, it's like, well, I don't understand fully how much I'm worth when it comes to maybe, you know, a sponsorship. Right. Or I don't know. I don't know how much merch is like. They're like, oh, I made $100 on T-shirts one time. And I'm like, okay, well, then you're probably not doing it correctly. Like there's lots of different ways to do it there's also there's there's obviously brand loyalty and there's mm -hmm. lots of different people and every career is different but like like if you do it if you just slap a logo on a t-shirt and then just put it out there and don't actually advertise it don't actually make a like a whole event out of it then yeah, yeah you're not going to make any sales but if you make an event out of it there's really good things you can do and make you know a decent amount of money that also supports your brand because people are wearing your merch or whatever yeah like the plushies for example the loot lord plushies right. that you created right that's an actual item that people enjoyed before it was even in the game. Like yeah. we created that and then they put it in the game, which thank you, BSG. <laughs> but um, but they put it into the game and then we're like, oh, cool. Thanks. Because it was just a cool item that people loved. And then BSG, I guess, saw it and loved it as well. Yeah. And that's that's what you need to make when, when a lot of things. And people don't know that. They don't yeah. realize, you know, little things like that, how yeah. you can monetize your brand. And something you just you just mentioned that you know sparked uh, is uh, having an LLC. Often, a lot of creators don't realize 
to go down that path so it's not just their you know a private private thing yeah, there's 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 positive and negatives to LLCs, obviously, to, to everything, to any time you're making a business entity. Yeah. There's positive and negatives that you look into. And we're not like that's what I, that's what I tell people too. Is I'm not an accounting firm. I can't tell you, but I know, you know, this and this is good for it. But I do suggest that whenever we talk to careers, I'm like, I do suggest you look into it. Get it, get it, talk to someone who knows this specifically, especially your state or your your or your country where you live. See what the best way is because it is you're losing 30 to 40%, especially when you think about these creators that don't have healthcare. Yes. They, they, healthcare is not part. And the problem with the United States, as you pro, as you know, uh, healthcare is tied to your employment. And that is a huge issue, yeah. especially for anyone that is self-employed, like working for Twitch. Yeah. You must have read my mind because the three things I had on my next thing was 401k, sick time, and, you know, sort of vacation. As a, you know, as a management service managing creators who are probably most of them are us based they don't have those three three things and if they're coming from the space of not you know not going to college or maybe going to college but not working in a normal job where you have those things they may not even think you know it's, it's an afterthought is that something that you know you sort of talk to them about and guide them on and you know sort of plan for things like this i mean Yes, partially. We, we're always here to talk to people and just to see like, hey, what do you think about this? How are you doing that? What are you feeling? Because we try to do um, sort of like a retirement plan for a lot of our thing. Yeah. It's not a full retirement plan, but we want to see like what their trajectory is. Are they doing this for 10 years? Is mm -hmm. that what they're thinking? Are they going to move on to maybe just doing something in the scene, but not necessarily content creation? Right. And then it's like, are you putting away enough for retirement? Are you putting away anything? Do you want help with that? Do you need suggestions? And, that, and usually the case is, they talk to me just like as a personal level, like as a friend, what yeah. do you think is the best? And then I say, then I obviously end it with, I'm not, you know, I'm not someone that can do your thing for you. Right. But I do suggest you go to do this and try to save for this. And I mean, a lot of them are buying their own houses. So they are putting at least that in, yeah. you know, they've got, they've got uh, some retirement away. And it's usually a case of you might as well as put 30% into a savings account because you got to pay taxes anyways. Yeah. It's good to have it in savings yeah. just in case. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, all that kind of stuff. And then Medicare is the big one, I think, because mm -hmm. a lot of people that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, maybe 25, they're not thinking about their Medicare. You know, they're like, oh, right. I just get away with it, whatever. Or maybe they sit on their, their parents' uh, yes, their parents' medical until they're 26. And then at 26, they're like, should I just go without? And it's like, well, that's pretty risky uh, yeah. to go without. Um, I mean, for anyone listening, I always suggest at least getting like some form of like emerge, like what do they call it? Uh, um, there's like emergency Cobra or something like that. There, where... There's something where if you actually get seriously injured, you have a maximum out of pocket of like 8,000 or 10,000 yeah. for a year. And it's like if you get into an accident or something where you actually have to go to the hospital, 10,000 gets eaten up so quickly, like just walking in. Yeah. So like if you have at least that security you have a health insurance that will catastrophe insurance. That's what it's called. What if the catastrophe happens, you'll at least have an insurance that'll take over after you pay that, you yeah. know, 10,000. And that's at least something because you don't want to be bankrupt. You'd rather be like, Oh, I'm in a hole for a little bit, but I'm not bankrupt. Yeah. At least, you know, and that's, you know, it's like, you know, a Trey was on a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, hearing how young he was and how he's sort of skyrocketed, like a perfect example of like never really, you know, out in that space of retirement 401k, but now he's dealing with, you know, you know, sort of the, these big things he's got to, to learn. Yeah. I don't know if he went, went into it too much, but I, I mean, Trey is, is a, a fantastic creator that kind of like took the Tarkov wave and like just kept riding it. Yeah. And also he has like some really good plans uh, for like just, you know, investing in other things, like yeah. really not just being a content creator. He's going to do a little bit of things here, a little bit of things there that are more him, like, like his life. He just wants everything to surround it. Not just content creation, not just Tarkov. Yeah. There's other games. There's other things he wants to do. So, I mean, it's really, really, you know, yeah. he's smart. He got money when he was young. He started doing well when he's young. And luckily he's learning like, oh, I, this might not be around for 20 years. Right. Maybe I should make sure to have different options. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's always great for for anyone. He he's he's very lucky in a lot of ways, you know, like all these creators are. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some things that are luck and some there are some things that are good about it, some things that are bad about it. Yeah. And you know, as long as he's smart enough to know like tomorrow I could lose streaming, but I'm still going to have, you know. Yeah. 
house and whatever, you know, that kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, do you find that most, some of the, or I guess most of the brands you work with understand the creative space, understand the Twitch and YouTube, or you really have to pitch them on it? Uh, I would say 30% understand the space. Yeah. I would say that 70-ish percent are either mainstream media that is tr transitioning over mm -hmm. into more Twitch or YouTube, or there's someone that's like, this is the way we like to do it. We don't want to deviate. And it is a bit of a pitch to them. Like, hey, I understand that you want to do this, 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 but we want it to be changed into our own words. We don't like the fact that you're trying to, you know, force you force the creator to hold up a phone in front of the camera so it looks like they're playing the game. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's so... Like, have you seen these promos like on t that are from like TikTok where they're not even playing, but they're pretending like they give them oh. a, they give them a video of of a, someone else playing, yeah. and then you're just supposed to like commentate like you're playing, and it's so forced and so gross. And we're just like, look, if you if you even just like let the creator play the game and then talk about it in their own words, yeah, it'll do it'll do at least three times better. Like, come on, but. I mean, yeah. not everyone understands that, I guess. They, they're still in the, the old commercial world of, you know, showing on Fox, you know, right. Super Bowl or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, and now, what, you know, since you started this, what are some of the more sort of difficult things dealing with, you know, being a management service for, for creators? Some of the tougher things you've... Oh, the, the hardest thing is honestly when, when you know someone really puts in the effort and deserves more yeah. and they, they you know it's bad breaks or just like the the, the niche audience isn't there or, yeah. or is already filled by someone else and that's something that people don't think about it's not just because you're not doing well like if there's a small creator that's not doing well and they're like i wish i put so much effort in but i only get a thousand views or two thousand views or whatever it is and it's like yeah but that's just because the market's so hard like you have to understand that some of these people that are streaming are filling up football stadiums, right? Like with right. people with eyes on it. And it's just like, have you, have you ever sit in a room with just a thousand people? And then you look and then you're like, you realize a thousand people are stopping their day to watch you. Or there's, there's 50 people watching. Yeah. You realize that you just barely filled up a party of people watching you. And, and just like, I don't know, the ones that should grow or you're like, you feel like they're doing really well, they're doing all the right things and then they don't, or they don't like actually get the growth that you expect. Mm -hmm. That's the tough one, I think. Okay. Um, and I do you find there's good people, you know, yes. the really good people out there that deserve more, and then just don't. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you find the creators you're, that are coming to you already have established? They have the live aspect of it and the sort of long form and short form content, or they're come some are coming to you to with live, and then you're helping them develop the the important pieces of it, the long term, long form and short term, short form content. Uh, well, for most of ours, I think they actually at least know a uh, they they know of everything. They've at least dabbled with everything. Yeah. You know, there is we used to do a thing where we helped uh, really small creators. We didn't like sign them to contracts. It just was a case of like a lot of times people would email me and they'd be like, I need you to evaluate whatever, like, like their channel, their YouTube channel, yeah. or whatever. And that's where I think with the small creators, they don't realize that like, oh, maybe you should try short form. Maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try or like people that are like, I'm going to stream I've actually, this is the worst one I've ever had. Someone emailed me and said, I'm leaving college. I have enough money for six months to live. And I'm going to be a streamer at the end of the six months with like zero, starting from nothing. Oh, and wow. I'm like, I'm going, you, I mean, obviously you do what you want, but I, I do expect to be much longer than six months before you become sustainable enough to make money you know yeah uh and that's the one that those are the type of emails that we used to help out that what is very scary but like again i don't ever tell careers what to do or not to do it's just right. like you know um and and those are the ones that are like uh you know you know those emails that you're like <laughs> uh. so i think that i wish the best for you but i really don't think you understand the space fully and those are the people that maybe you're like you should probably try all three most yeah. of them i think are you know, they understand. They have a grasp of it. Now, do you find that the short-form content is generating revenue for the creators or more it's just guiding the audience over to the long-form and the live aspect of the creators? Yeah, so short-form should be pretty much only you. you should That should be a write-off that you're not going to make money. Like, it's very rare that someone's going to make enough money that to actually live. Like, mm -hmm. 
I've seen people that are like, oh, I'm doing amazing with short form, multi-million, million, million views. And then they're like, yeah, I made about, you know, 45 bucks. Right. You know? and it's just like, that's what you're going to expect. You have to be able to not only do well on short form, but you have to push them to something that makes money. Now, there is really good TikTok stars that turn it into like advertisements. Mm -hmm. And those work, but you have to be, again, any anything you do it on, YouTube shorts or TikTok, you have to be like the top, what, 1% before anyone even is going to offer you any of that. So, I mean, it is a tough route to do. Yeah. But again, short form is a great way to get new people in, see you, and then hopefully if they like you, they'll find your other stuff and then, you know, yeah. make money that way. Cool. And now since you've, you know, since you've taken this, you know, created it, created the, the Creators Club, what's been some of the highlights? Some, you know, like, wow, that was kind of a cool thing we did. Oh, I mean, there's there's so many things. Like, we, the subathons first offered on top of my head because, I mean, we fly a lot of our, we flew five of our creators here to, to this location, and we, we turned this basement into Oh, my uh, God, I remember creator. that. Yeah, we've done it three times now. One of them, we turned this basement into a spaceship for Marauders. That was a promotion for Marauders for their for their wipe. And then we did a Tarkov wipe where we had to get Shooterborn Heaven yeah. uh, before anyone could leave. And that was like a fun one, but that one got a little <laughs> stressful at the end. Uh, and then the first one was just like, none of us met each other. Well, I met Aqua a couple of times, but uh, the other guys never really met. Yeah. And I was like, dude, let's just do an event. And like, I'm sure we'll make, you know, at least break even. Because those are those are very expensive to run. I don't know if people realize those are very expensive to run. I mean, flights alone are expensive. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we all met. It was just like it essentially was like a land party from you know I'm sure you know the land parties uh -huh. back in the day. You know, oh, we used yes. to play. Uh, it was like a land party or like a sleepover with all your buds, but we get to game and like make some money on the side. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a lot of fun. And those come to mind as well as you know some of the big highlights of of people hitting a million subs or. Yeah. Or like doing amazing in, in the thing, um, the first deal I ever got that broke a hundred k for one deal. That was a big one where I'm like, oh my god! Like I'm awesome. you know a hundred k for a deal. Yeah. Uh, like management wise, that's kind of like a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I mean those are really it's, it's the the the, the subathons that I can think of, or just like really big events where you're actually affecting people's lives. Yeah. Where they're just like, this was the best. Like this was so much fun. And I'm also happy that I can buy a house or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. You know, I jumped into this two years ago into just, you know, learning about Twitch and Twitter and all, you know, all really from Tarkov, but it's really cool how these, you know, the communities of the creators, they have, they're their own thing and all these wonderful connections and relationships that have come from, you know, from this, from the streaming of video game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like what Aqua likes to call it. What, I think Seachums even said this too. It's just your fun. You're just doing it with your friends. You're just you're you're playing a video game, and you have this community behind you that you're you're talking to, and then the ones that you get close with ha become. I mean, I become friends. You just, right. just what it is. Like a lot of content creators, um, you play with each other for so long, you're actually better friends than probably the guy you grew up with, exactly. and you just don't talk to anymore. You know, or, yeah. or like see once a week. Yeah. And now, how did COVID affect you? Because you started this, you know, creative club before COVID. How, what kind of yeah. impact did COVID have on on the whole aspect of of you know I, management? I mean, uh, it made it slightly more difficult in some ways, but it actually made the the, the everything bigger. Yeah, uh, everyone had to shut down, go home, and as everyone knows, Twitch, YouTube, all these things got so much more viewership time. Where I mean, Netflix did really well for a while, but even that, people were like, I'm going to go watch gaming. Right. And Twitch Twitch blew up and, and YouTube blew up. So for us, it was a time where a lot of our creators, like uh, even Pestley, when the iron's fought, when the, you know, you got to go when the iron's hot. You got you to gotta just go for it. And yeah. that's what we did. And um, it's nice for someone like me who doesn't like big crowds uh, that that was the time that it kind of, you know, that, that it happened because I was yeah. like, I don't want to go out and hang out with, you know, I mean, I, I, I was trying to be safe as, as possible as mm -hmm. I could. And then I was like, this is a good time for me to work 60 hours a week. Right. You know? Can't go out anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. And it worked out. Excellent. So now, you know, you mentioned a little bit about Twitch. What's your thoughts on this, you know, streaming platform battle we have right now with Twitch and YouTube and Kick 
any of your creators on kick right now? Are you, you know, are you discussing with them sort of wait and see what, you know, do you talk strategy from that aspect of things? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so, uh, we have a couple of people that are dabbling in it. We don't have anyone that's swapped over hundred percent. And if I was to give suggestions to a random person, again, everyone's different, but if I was to give a suggestion to a content creator that is, has a following on Twitch, it probably would be feel free to dabble if you want, if that's what something you want to do dabble but i would not put 100 percent investment on a platform that you don't know mm -hmm. uh i was one of the people that loved mixer and i really to this day still love mixer if it wasn't for mishandlings in the company i think that could have been something yeah but the problem is, is at the time that was when everyone was like bleed purple and they wouldn't swap platforms they wouldn't and the viewers wouldn't swap platforms which was the big thing yeah and then obviously how they mishandled who they signed and signed two people and didn't make an ecosystem uh, yeah. So you never know if Kick is going to be around for a long time. I know that they have the money with with gambling and Saudis paying yeah. for a lot of it, but I would still be careful. Be very cautious. Mm -hmm. um, and to talk talk about the war itself, Kick did a huge thing when they signed uh, for a hundred million. He didn't actually get a hundred million, but like the contracts for up to yeah. hundred million. Um, they did a big thing. They put a big target on their backs. For the feds to go in and look at everything yeah and that's why i think everyone that really loves kick for being like a wild wild west they're like i i could do anything on there you can't do anything on there anymore i'm really sorry they already shut down xqc they said no more streaming the dmc it was yeah, um exactly. yeah batman or something was like, yeah 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 he was streaming batman <laughs> and it's like they now have like before you could get away with it because right. if if the feds only see you know 40,000 people watch who cares right but if you now have millions of people going on there especially yeah. you just barely got put in the new york times like you think that the, the, the federal agencies aren't going to start looking and and sadly no one's going to i mean not sadly but no one's really going to fight the feds yes even though it's owned by stake and even though it's technically not an american company they have to abide, otherwise they will uh, lose their safe harbor rules, mm -hmm. and then all the creators are the ones that are going to be getting sued. And yeah. you don't want to be a creator that that can't afford a lawyer to go up against, you know, one of the craziest legal systems ever. So yeah. nope. it's a case of Kick is going to become more and more like Twitch. Mm -hmm. So if there's two options in Kick, in my opinion, one is they're going to be more and more like Twitch. They're yeah. going to have to like. They could do it in a good way, just like kind of make some rules, kind of like push it down a little bit. Right. And then they'll be fine. Or they're going to go completely crazy and eventually it's going to be hard to even stream on there because you won't be able to use it in the United States. Right. So, yeah. What so, yeah so dabble, make your money, and then, you know, always keep a backup. Yeah. Diversify. Yeah. What I don't understand is how YouTube to this point hasn't replicated the Twitch experience. There's so many brains and over there, you know, because that's that's what's lacking on the live experience. I agree. I, lo I love YouTube. YouTube has better quality video mm -hmm. and it actually has a pretty decent uh, thing for the streamer itself. Like the analytics are great over there. You've got yeah. a lot of things that are for it, but the viewer experience is so lacking for them to be there. And it's because they didn't copy Twitch. What they did was they said, oh, we're just going to take what we have and we're just going to try to modify it a little bit. Right. And it's like, yeah, but a comment section is not a chat. Yeah. And then your chat is kind of like, you know, and then they moved it. It's just like, look, YouTube, I understand that you have this system where you have a, essentially a huge pyramid where the people at the bottom have to get it approved from the people there. Then they have to approve it from there. Then they have to approve it from there. And then eventually the CEO has to be like, yep, I like that direction, right? Yeah. And there's just so many steps that it takes them, you know, eight months to implement a simple thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're trying, but I also know that they're trying to compete with TikTok for shorts. Yeah. And if you're fighting two fronts, I mean, Google has a lot of money, but I mean, you're, you're making the viewer experience of both kind of bad, yep. to be honest. Absolutely. So now, outside of you know streaming and everything like that, do you do any of the Twitch cons or any of the the shows? Yeah, so I've been to uh, two PAX East or three PAX East, uh, and then TwitchCon uh, last year in San Diego. Uh, we're probably going to do TwitchCon of Las Vegas this year, uh, stuff like that. So yeah. we we do a lot of stuff with our creators and and try to do uh, we try to do as much as we can. To kind of like give them a little bit of experience while they're out at TwitchCon, yeah. depending on what it is. You know, Vegas will probably, you know, buy 10, 10 tickets to a show or something. And yeah. And how, how was your TwitchCon San Diego experience? 
Uh, it's fine. I mean, I always think that cons are way overrated. Everyone just goes to meet their friends. Yeah. And it would be way cheaper if everyone just said, hey, let's go to Boise, Idaho, rather than go to San Diego. Right. right? Yeah. Like, like, go to a realistic place that doesn't have inflated uh, prices because there's a con. And you guys would be able to have a much better time. Actually, Sturdecki, one of our clients, did Decky Con, where he just <laughs> rented an Airbnb and 10 of his viewers went to the Airbnb oh and they all hung out. Um, which is kind of funny, but like you yeah. obviously it's hard if you're a bigger streamer to do something like that. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a small like if you're a group of small streamers, I don't see why you can't just say, look, instead of going TwitchCon this year, let's all plan to go wherever. Yeah. And TwitchCon's the easiest one because you know, the people that you might only want to see for five minutes will, you know, be there to say hello. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And now, you know, what, you know, lo looking down the road, what do you think this space looks like in five years? Do we have, you know, still multiple streaming platforms and, and you know, it's skyrocketing the way it is, more people watching, you know, people play I, games and whatnot? I, I hope that there's a lot of platforms. And that's one of the things that, like, even though there's a lot to knock on kick for, I'm glad that they're at least shaking things up. I think that that is what you always need. I think that, um, you know, competition breeds innovation. Mm -hmm. It's going to make it so... Twitch and YouTube have to actually do a little bit of work. Maybe YouTube will start implementing things that make look look good. Maybe Twitch will actually give us 70-30 instead of, you know, the weird thing they're doing. Right. Um, that kind of stuff. I'm hoping that happens. But in five years, it's already slowed down a ton because people are going back to work. People are actually going out. People yeah. don't want to necessarily stay in front of the computer uh, too much. And then also esports has gone way down. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that that's driving a little bit less like going to Twitch to watch it and stuff like that. Yeah. In five years, I think it's just going to stabilize. I think that it's not going to go down to the bottom. I think that it's going to maybe go into a slow incline, but not like the skyrocket we had, you yeah. know? Gotcha. And now what about, you know, the whole, all of these AI tools that are coming out? Are you guys leveraging any of that in your workflows or sort of just looking at what's there right now? Yeah, we, we leverage a little bit of AI, but nothing crazy. Like, I believe in playing it a little bit safe for most things. There yeah. are some creators that were like, do you want us to really leverage this? But for the most part, AI has not been to the level that we would like before yeah. we implement it a lot. Yeah. What we like to do with anything like that when it's a new deck technology, use the new technology, especially AI, yeah. but then have a human actually go in and play right. with what the AI comes up with. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of different things. Even vidIQ, I think, now has, like, AI titles, mm -hmm. AI descriptions, AI tags. And it's like, yes, yeah, some of those are good, but, I mean, you still want to have a human reviewing it, yeah. in my opinion. Someone you trust, because you can't just trust an AI blindly. Like, no, you should... you'll have six-fingered people all over the yeah, place. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You need to at least review it. Yeah. yeah. And now, how about from a workflow standpoint with editing? Are you guys leveraging anything in the, you know, editing in the cloud, you know, storage in the cloud your edit sort of like a proxy or sort of just traditional editing still right now uh most of it's traditional but we use uh frame.io which is owned by adobe to do a lot of the review and be able to make timestamps and like yeah. really push like a, a better workflow and i guess that's where the cloud you know editing yeah. might come in because we can put in cuts like to their file on their computer with just a simple download nice yeah so now you're not you know throwing files back and forth and everywhere and losing time and whatnot right they usually they have the file folder and then like yeah i mean we, i can type up a thing and then they'll even see where the cuts are where i requested maybe yeah. a little change or something nice and now if, you know any goals this week there that's uh, on the calendar that you guys want to sort of you know check off any plans for this upcoming year I mean, we, we are planning on hopefully doing another, you know, event, you know, another subathon type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're in between deciding when to do it and how to do it. Last time we did an event right before TwitchCon. Like, we literally flew out from my house to TwitchCon. And that was a little bit hectic. That was, a, you know, that was a special event because Marauders was releasing then. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that was a, a, a thing where we're like, oh, I don't know if we want to do that again. Um, but I think that's the only real thing we have on the, on the thing. We do want to do some outdoor stuff. Uh, nice. if we do another event, it should be fun. Um, we've got a couple offers for, you know, some, some like electric bikes and stuff like that. So doing like an IRL portion of, nice. you know, event like that would be nice to get yeah. them outside. You yeah. Know, yeah. They got to touch some grass. 
Yeah, touch some grass, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, any word from Decky? How is he doing on his big, you know, mountain trip climbing uh, thing all over the world? He is loving it. Uh, he's he's really enjoying the first trip. Uh, for everyone that doesn't know, he's on Pesley's trip. He's doing a lot of hiking. He did the first trip, and he was like, oh, that's really great. But when he got home, he was kind of like, I go back really quick. And then, yeah. you know, it, it, it's tough. And then he they, they moved the trip three to next year, to 2024, oh, okay. because it, did, it didn't fit with, you know, the hiking timeline. You know, it gets a little bit scary eventually and yeah. stuff like that. So they're going to push it to next year. And Decky was like, I'm kind of glad because now I can finish this hike mm -hmm. and then know I have the rest of the year to kind of relax before going on my next one. So. He's loving it, but I think that he also does miss home sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that's you know that's a quick turnaround they had, and then when Pest was on, he he was on the pod, and he talked about none of them had met before prior to mm -hmm. this. You know, the guy from Canada is sort of the the expert hiker, and I was saying, you know, it's got to be so weird because you don't know how far you can push different people. You don't know why, you yep. know, how to, you know, you're the camaraderie is like hey yeah make making fun of somebody but to the point where you really don't offend them and you know it's sort of gelling it's that they, they broke decky decky is a very for anyone that he's a very interesting guy like he had a very interesting like life coming up and then he's just like i'm gonna stop like i don't like where i am right now i'm gonna move to mexico city with the money i have and just see what happens like yeah. he literally did not have a plan he didn't work a job he had no idea what he was doing and he didn't even start being a streamer it was just because he was playing a game he's like i could turn my stream on while i'm doing this and that's how he started and i used to watch him back when he had i don't know 15 20 30 viewers something like mm -hmm. that and i watched him all the way up through and i was like dude you need to get you know i was you know a viewer a friend you know yeah. after that and then i was like we need to like do something here to help you get because you've been grinding like he would put crazy amount of hours in 12 hours a day six days a week just just going absolutely crazy and falling asleep on stream was the oh other my thing. god he used to do that all the time like it was just a case of he would he'd be up for 20 hours sometimes playing oh my lord and he just you know <laughs> nod off and then be like whoa uh so so yeah. hang on he picked up he lived in the states and he picked up off a whim and just moved to to mexico yeah, sort of. His friends were all moving to different cities. He lived in a small, like, town type of deal. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to, you know, like, my, I can move to Seattle yeah. with my friends or I can move to wherever with my friends. But then I have to pay this and I don't have enough money. And I think I could only live there for, you know, this much. Because he had a lot of, he had some savings he was mm -hmm. saving up. And he's like, I could only live there for, you know, three months before I really have to worry about where my food's coming from. And I think he just wanted to be completely different than rural. Yeah. You know, he wanted, he wanted a city. And he's like, why limit the United States? Wow. I could go anywhere in the world. And then he was like Mexico City, which I think he had a couple of friends that he played WoW with there or something. And he's just like, I, Mexico City is the biggest, you know, one of the biggest cities in the world. I could go there and it's completely different. I changed my life completely. Wow. And that's what he did. Yeah. And, and, and he took a leap of faith and it worked out. Awesome. Good for him. Holy yeah. crap. So any, uh, any smaller creators out there that people should check out at this point? I mean... There's tons. Most likely, if you go into whatever game you like and just start scrolling down in, 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 in Twitch, you will find someone that deserves more. And I honestly, I, I, I used to do this all the time, especially with niche games. Mm -hmm. um, niche games that maybe only had 15 people playing it. SOS was one of the big ones. Decky was a big one in SOS. But SOS was like this weird game. It was like kind of like social where you like tried to backstab people. Yeah. Um, and like, there's only 15 people streaming it, and I used to just love scrolling down and just finding a new person every day. And that's kind of what I suggest to people. You'll you'll oh, cool. you'll be surprised. Don't go with the top one if you don't know. You know, oh, it's a new game. I'm gonna watch whoever the top streamer, Shroud yeah. or whatever, right? And it's like, why not scroll down a little bit? Go to someone that you can talk to and chat and actually build like a community with. You know, yeah. maybe a hundred people watching that kind of stuff. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I like that. All right, so now outside of this room, what do you like to do when you know when you're not you know working deals and working with creators what are some of the things you enjoy oh i'm i'm i like gardening yeah. i love i love having a nice garden i believe that everyone should do it it's it's easy relaxing and plus it's better for like the environment um i'm a bit of a hippie that way where i'm just like if we can help the environment why not yeah so like i started growing a little things then i was like why not just keep going you know why not get even 10 percent of your food from your own garden it's better than, you know, shipping it in from wherever. Yeah. So, I mean, gardening's a big one for me. Going outdoors and just hanging out, yeah. relaxing. I started taking up, uh, I started doing um, 
like smoking like briskets and stuff. Yeah. Started that this year. So far, not great, but I mean, I'll get there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Pick up a new hobby. Uh, now, what's your prized vegetable you're growing right now? What's your like, you know, people well, come to you as like, hey, yeah, oh man, you're doing those jalapenos this year or? Well, last year we did a lot of peppers. We did some very spicy peppers and the guys, they were like, they were, they had like a bunch of hot sauce. We ordered a bunch of hot sauce for the first one, for the first subathon. They, they tried it and they're like, oh, that's nothing, you know, whatever. And then I grew some peppers and we also dehydrated the, dehydrated them oh and then we gave them that for some <laughs> for for a fun little thing like donate 50 dollars or whatever yeah. and they, they try it um and they did that and they were like yeah we're that's that's enough we're just gonna do one <laughs> nice. so so i think that that was last year this year i think we're doing a lot more like me and my wife are doing a lot more beans we, we love green beans mm-hmm. we've got several different kinds so we're just gonna see what we can make yeah. i really want to get into like mixing like hybrid you know oh, some, okay some different vegetables yeah but um uh, wait a few years probably yeah. to learn that before you know my wife's garden we have garlic garlic's a big thing for us she loves her garlic i got a lot of garlic but um we'll see how they end up they, yeah. they, most of them are pretty good but some of them are so small that i'm just like well i'll get what i get from that yeah. one cool yeah. well hey kings you you survived the podcast but before you go i have to you know who do you think would be a good candidate for story to come on and share their uh share their experiences has Turdecki been on here? He, he hasn't. hasn't. No, not yet. Oh, I would say when he gets back, he's one to really go after. He All has right. a very interesting story, as you can see, from just getting up and going. Yes. Um, I also do think that um, Charborg, I don't know if you know who he is. I've heard Charborg, of him. Yeah. Charborg is, especially his YouTube story, is mm-hmm. amazing. All right. Um, there go. He'd be great. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time, and, and best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.